The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. The sisters of Lazarus sent word to Jesus saying, Master, the one you love is ill. When Jesus heard this, he said, This illness is not to end in death, but is for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was ill, he remained for two days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. When Jesus arrived and found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days, when Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary sat at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise. Martha said, I know he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even if he dies, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I have come to believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, the one who is coming into the world. He became perturbed and deeply troubled and said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Sir, come and see. And Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not the one who opened the eyes of the blind man have done something so that this man would not have died? So Jesus, perturbed again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay across it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the dead man's sister, said to him, Lord, by now there will be a stench. He has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you for hearing me. I know that you always hear me, but because of the crowd here, I have said this, that they may believe that you sent me. 
And when he had said this, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, tied hand and foot with burial bands, and his face was wrapped in a cloth. So Jesus said to them, untie him and let him go. Now many of the Jews who had come to Mary and seen what had been done began to believe in him. The Gospel of the Lord. Now, if you came into this church this evening and you saw that there was something different here and maybe it kind of made you like, what are we doing? What's going on here? I think we accomplished our mission. And the thing that's different is why are statues veiled? Why the purple? Why the veil? Why the purple? Why the veil? In the church, all the religious art we've had over the centuries, all the statues, all the beautiful things, they have one purpose and one purpose only. To point to the mystery. To point to the mystery. And so veiling the statues right now, we can still see through them. We can still see the crucifix. We can still see that. But it's pointing, it's, it's a preparatory act for you and me to enter into the mystery that we actually live. It's not a memory of something of the past that, oh yeah, that happened some 2,000 some years ago. It is a living memory. We enter into, next week, Palm Sunday, and then we enter into the holy weeks of all weeks. We enter into holy week with who? With Jesus. And so things are covered in a way as a preparatory act so that we can prepare our hearts to enter into that mystery with the eyes of our heart and above all, with the voice, the ears of our hearts so we can hear the voice of Jesus. The living word of God in Ezekiel, the word that is internal, the word that was with God in the beginning before Mary said yes, and there was the Annunciation, which is also today, this morning was the Mass of the Annunciation, where Gabriel came to Mary and she said yes. And before that moment, before that teenage girl's yes, the word had not become flesh and dwelt among us. And so before that time, Ezekiel, who was a prophet, and the people kind of longing for the Messiah, longing for it, and some are divided over, will there be a resurrection? Will there not be a resurrection? Are there angels? Are there not angels? And so the living word of God tonight, our Lord says to you and me through that living word with a different voice, I have promised and I will do it, says the Lord. I have promised and I will do it, says the Lord. If we walk away with anything in our heart today, it's this. God keeps his promises. He keeps his promises. He's pursuing you, me, and all humanity with the radical love, with the madness of his love. This is, right now, this is the real March Madness. 
March Madness isn't one but basketball going on TV. This is the real March Madness because it's all about in March, every March, it's preparing, getting ready, veiling statues, all that stuff. Whatever we do as a preparatory act, as all those athletes prepare and warm up and all that stuff in a game called March Madness. We're not in a game. We're not spectators in the stands. We are, we are living participants in this. We're part of this plan of salvation of God. And so in the today of our life, Jesus says to you and me, through his living word, I have promised. I have promised it and I will do it, says the Lord. What does he want to do? What does God want to do for me and for you? Talking about John chapter 11 here, right? In John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus says, I came that they may have life and have it to the full. In John chapter 8, verse 31, he says, anyone who follows my word, lets my word guide him, who remains in my word, anyone who remains in my word will be my disciple, my follower, not my Christian, not my Catholic, my disciple. And if that kind of gets you like, whoa, Father's saying I'm not Catholic. Christian and Catholic come after disciple. Acts 11, chapter 26. Acts 11, 26. It was in Antioch where they were first called, the disciples first called Christians. By who? People on the outside who saw how they lived with a resurrected life new life in Christ, and behaved in a way different from the world, and that caused them, to call them, caused them to call them Christians. So anybody who remains in my word in John chapter eight, verse 31, anyone who remains in my word will be my disciple. And then Jesus goes on, in John chapter eight, verse 32, he says the following, and you will know the truth. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Lazarus, come out. Put your name there. Put your name there. What stones do you need to remove so that when you hear the voice of God this day, you come out Do not stay in the tomb. Lazarus had a choice. He heard a voice, and it was a familiar voice. Yeah, but Father, we didn't live in the time of Jesus. We don't know exactly how his voice sounds. We weren't there at the Last Supper. We weren't there, but we know his word. We know his word, and he speaks to us in his living word. To know the truth, the truth of the living word of God and the living word of God will set you, me, and all humanity free, free. I can't tell you how beautiful it's been this year in just one-off occasions with so many of you in different ways to, to be walking around on a Wednesday night as they're getting ready to start Genesis to Jesus and a 
30-something-year-old man comes walking in, and he's got his books, and he's going into his Bible study. And I said, how you doing? And he says, great, Father, but I got to tell you something. He said, I went to Catholic school my whole life. I went to the University of Notre Dame, but I do not know the living word of God. And this Bible study is helping me. I've had all the education, I've done everything, but I don't know the living word of God. Another, another person coming out of mass, daily mass, a daily mass goer, that's beautiful. If you can't make it, we can all make a spiritual communion. My grandparents weren't daily mass goers, but they love our Lord and they received him. And every week and they turn that over their heart. But to have a daily mass goer going out, literally, I'm not kidding you. She was skipping and jumping and Father, I gotta tell you something. Like, I'm like, okay, what happened? And she goes, well, this friend of mine who's in mass with me, she told me, she says, do you read the word of God? And I said, well, I go to mass every day. And she goes, no, I'm not asking you if you go to mass every day. Do you read the living word of God? And she goes, well, not really. Start reading it. And she did. And she said, Father, it's opened a whole new ocean to me. My brothers and sisters of Christ, I don't sit here to kind of quote scripture like Jesus said, John 10, 10. You know, the whole, I came that might have life and have it to the full. Jesus 8, verse 32 so that I can say to you that, that, that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But we're so blessed in our times. We have so many means to be able to pick up the word of God. Bible's in our home, hopefully. If not, go get one. Make a resolution, get one. That's the Easter thing to get. If not, we can Google this and Google that. Google a good version, please. The truth is not Google. The truth is the person, it's Jesus. So but with the, with, the, with, the, with the Bible, we can at least kind of, back then they didn't, they had parchments and they opened it up and they read it and everybody memorized it. And then when they went home after their encounters and their small little home encounters, they were so enlivened by the truth who was a person who was speaking to their heart that they spent the whole next week talking about it at work, over dinner, everything. And the word of God became memorized. So they carried it always with them. Is there a stone in front of my heart? Is there a stone that I need to roll back from my heart? Is there a stone that maybe someone else needs to help me roll back from my heart to open up my heart? To he who is life and truth and goodness, and love, and hope. You see, what, what can cause you and me, and I'm journeying with you, to roll stones in front of a heart is the stone of fear. I'm afraid to change, Father. I am afraid of getting the least bit uncomfortable, Father, because if I roll this stone back, it's, my heart is gonna be exposed, and my heart has been hurt before. 
I've had so many broken promises in my life, Father. I don't want to roll back that stone. Don't roll it back for me. Roll it back for God. And if you need some help rolling it back, ask someone to help you roll it back. That's the beauty of a Bible study when people come together. That's the beauty of all of us coming together and praying together, helping each other with that greeting before mass. Kind of like, that's kind of goofy. We don't do that. That's not a normal thing to do as Catholics. We don't do that. I got it. I'm with you. I don't know if you've seen the movie, and this isn't meant to be a movie commercial, but Jesus Revolution. You want to get uncomfortable about being Catholic? Go watch Jesus Revolution. Because it's not the idea of revolution that we have in the, in the church, and we have the sacraments, and we have that stuff, but the challenge with us sometimes, a stone that we have that can cover us up is, Father, I've been catechized. I graduated from that class back in eighth grade. I've been sacramentalized. I got my confirmation and everything. But the, as the bell rings, have I been evangelized? Have I been touched by Jesus? I'm talking, in this past few years, I've had people come up to me and they, Father, I have been in the church for 60-some years. 60-some years. And I've been touched by Jesus in a way like never before. Change is going to happen always in the church Rivers move, new water comes in. It's the living water of the Holy Spirit and it's change of your heart and my heart. Open our hearts up to the love of God, to his voice. Come out, come out. Do not be afraid to be my disciple. Do not be afraid to be my follower. Do not be afraid because it's in you being light in this world, you from your heart will help me change this world. You see, Jesus could have done it all by himself. You know, in that gospel, it said that he got word that his friend was ill and he stuck around for another two days. Why'd he do that if Lazarus was his friend? He told us why he did it in the word. Because this death was not to mend in anything but God's glory. But then we also saw the humanity of Jesus where he was perturbed. At first he was perturbed because he loved Lazarus. And then it said, after they moved back to stone, he cried. It said he wept. But then what happened? People started saying stuff about him. If he really was who he was, he would have done this. And it said Jesus became perturbed again. And he was perturbed because of their lack of faith. Those denying him who were standing out there, let's see if he can really work that miracle. And then he groaned to heaven for you and me. And he cried out, Lazarus, come out. It's not a finger wagon. Jesus wants the today of your life and mine. And every day is a choice. Every day is an opportunity to listen to the voice the voice of Jesus. Put your name there. Don't be afraid. And come out.